Thank you so much, Louise, for being here on the We Don't Play podcast show. How are you? I am fine, and thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime. You know, I'm so excited for our topic today. You know, people have clicked on the link because they want to know how to set the editing goals for the book, especially when you have a book that, you know, you want to publish and you have to think about typos, grammatical errors, punctuation and all those things. And it can get very stressful. But I think you coming on board and telling us about last research and editing will definitely set the bar for people. Yes, and, and I agree with you. Uh, it is often daunting for people. They, they think, oh, I have to get out 250 pages or even 150 pages. And it, they're just staring at the computer. They don't know what to do. And I always tell people that it's easier to write a book if you think about it in smaller chunks. And it's the same as any kind of business, really. If you're doing a task, you want to break it down to small tasks. So, um, so with a book, the easiest thing to do is to think of it as not 150 pages, but maybe 10 pages a day. And then if you think 10 pages a day, you also have to remember that a book is often a six by nine or five and a half by eight and a half. So you're not writing 10 full pages a day. You're really only writing 10 half pages a day. And if you think of it in that those kind of terms it just makes it easier to consider writing a book Uh, that's true that's so so true wow i appreciate that and you know i love people to know more about you you know just let us know how did you even get started you know because i know you said you've been inspired to write since your youth so let us know more about how this all came together and and what it is now for you okay so when i was well I wrote a song when I was eight, but I never actually got that I published. I just did the lyrics. I didn't know how to do the music, actually. So I have the lyrics copyrighted, but that's all. Um, but really, my first paid authorship was when I was 12. Uh, the local newspaper, Town Talk, and I grew up in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, so uh, Town Talk was in Pennsylvania. And the local paper asked people to submit poems and writings and essays into the paper and they would publish it. So I did that. I published my first poem at age 12 and I got paid for it. I got five dollars. So, but I had always known that I wanted to be a writer. Uh, Stories just always fascinated me and I always liked um, imagining different characters and different people in different settings. But So I went to school at the University of Maryland College of Journalism because the other thing that is very important to me besides the characters and the settings is always telling people the information that they need to know. And so I went into journalism because I wanted to be the one who helps people get the information that they need to know. And I still do that today. My journalism career has evolved. I worked on environmental newsletters for a while, and I worked for a small book publisher. That's how I have the book publishing um, experience. And in my business has evolved as the journalism and technology has evolved. 
So instead of writing newsletters now, which I still do occasionally, but I do more online stuff. So I do more blogs and I do more uh, online uh, manuscripts and press releases and that kind of thing. So, um, but I also edit manuscripts and I do co writing coaching. Um, uh, and I started my business in 1992. And at the time, I was still working full time, but I had to. I was unemployed and I went to the job board in 1992. They didn't have internet, so you had to actually go places. Um, on the job board was a job for assistant editor, and the woman couldn't hire me as a full-time editor. She could only hire me as a freelance editor. So that's how I started my business. But I had always done business and a full-time job. And then uh, when my husband and I moved to Arizona, I had to have a job that would move with me and that we, I could keep writing as I was going along the way. So then I flipped it and I started working full-time as a freelancer and then uh, part-time in business. So, uh, so that's pretty much my career up till now. Wow. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a huge story. Honestly, that could be in a book. <laughs> yes, I, I could write my memoirs. I always help other people write my memoirs. But you know what? Memoirs don't sell. So I <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why we love we have the interviews like this so that people can get that information, you know, in one sitting. You know. Right. Yeah. This is so yeah, so but I always tell people if they want to tell their story the best thing to do is to relate it to something else. So if their story is about surviving cancer, instead of talking about themselves, talk about what the treatments and what processes they went to survive cancer. That way it's relatable to everybody. And then you can weave their story in their, um, in their uh, throughout the book instead of having just a memoir. So that's what I usually tell people. That's so true. That's so, so true. Thank you so much for, you know, bringing that to us today. Because I know a lot of people that, you know, read books, you know, understand books and try to just be able to understand how can I read a book in a day? Or how can I read a chapter in a day? Or how can I read, you know, five pages a day? I think it's down to discipline. But I'm sure you definitely have something to tell us on somebody who wants to take that initiative and be more intentional this year, especially on reading. What is the best way someone can think about what planning? I think I think the best thing for someone to do is to read. There's three probably best times to read. At night when you just need to get ready for bed and you need to let your mind relax, that is usually when I'm reading uh, because I just want to get rid of all the stuff from the day and just relax. Uh, the second time of the day is when you're working, and especially if you work from home and you really need a break from your job. Uh, I think that is a good time to take five minutes and read because then, again, you're relaxing yourself and you're not stressed. And 
I think writing and reading should be used as a way to de-stress. So, and then the third time is early in the morning before you're ready to start your work for the day because then that energizes you and gives you ideas and inspires you on what you can do for that day. So those are the three times of the day that I think people could plug it into their calendar to read. And it's like any other goal, you need to actually write down, I'm going to read a chapter today and write it in your, your calendar and make it an appointment and then people are more likely to do it. So true. So, so true. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because what I wanted to ask next, you know, about books before we go into, you know, print marketing and letting people know how they can structure it out, you know, knowing that some people would have a book, but they need to, you know, advertise that book, you know, to the social media channels they have and let them know, not just buy my book, buy my book on Amazon, buy my book here. You know, it gets redundant at some point, but they will right. need to add content <laughs> strategies to it. So my quick question, this is just a concern, um, not really a concern, but like I wanted to hear it from you because you're the expert in, you know, in this print industry is there's a platform I know of. It's called blurb.com. And some people try to get their books on Amazon. Some people try to get their books, you know, on other sources. Do you, would you suggest or advise someone to go straight into Amazon seller or go into a third party like Blurb and then restructure out their model so they can be at Barnes and Noble and, you know, the likes of the, the books where they can be able to get transactions from? Well, I usually actually recommend Amazon for the ebook and Ingram Spark for the print version. And the reason I do that is Ingram is the largest wholesaler in the world and it sells to the libraries and bookstores. So if you really wanted to get your book into libraries and bookstores, you have to be in Ingram's catalog or you're not going or they're just not gonna buy from you. And Amazon is the largest ebook. And you can have a Kindle on an iPad or an iPhone or any other kind of look. So you don't have to have all those other versions because you can just download the Kindle app on whatever device you have and then you can still get your book. So to have the best option, I tell people this is have your ebook on Amazon and have your Ingram have your um, print book on Ingram. And uh, answering your question about the bookstores, now that's a second issue because only 25% of books are sold through bookstores. So you know, I always ask them first, do you really want to be in a bookstore? Because you sell more books from speaking engagements and from conferences and from just using it as a marketing tool than you do from uh, just having a book and selling it. So, okay. So the, okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm happy you said that because that got me thinking because people nowadays don't really go to Barnes and Noble to buy a book. They just buy it on Amazon and get it right. at home. And Ingram sells to Amazon. So if you, because Ingram is a wholesaler, so even if you publish it on Ingram, it's still going to show up on Amazon. And yes, you're correct. Most people just buy it from Amazon. So... Yeah, that's why bookstores are, most of them have closed, and it's a shame, but, you know, they didn't adapt. I always say that 
the, the book industry is so backwards and it's not like any other kind of retail out there in book industry an author if you're publishing through a traditional a traditional publisher like random house or simon schuster the the author the publisher will give to the bookstore 25 books and if only 10 of those 25 books sell then 15 are shipped back to the publisher at no cost to the bookstore and the publisher deducts those 15 percent of royalties from your i mean the those 15 books of a return from the royalties of the author so but it's the only retail where you're allowed to do that if you were a manufacturer of clothes or shoes or uh accessories and it doesn't sell in the retail store the retail store just has to mark it down or eventually it ends up in goodwill mm. but um it doesn't go back to the manufacturer but in the publishing industry it can go back to the manufacturer at no cost so i think i think the publishing industry really needs to get on board and start stop taking the returns and just make those books sell through the bookstores but that's one of the reasons why bookstores are dying because people uh can't afford to um support them that the authors especially can't. So. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's it makes sense to do that research before you even publish the book because it gives you a much better scope of what to work with when you're creating content for people who are going to find your book somehow. And I think nowadays, second nature's first choice is Amazon. So if you're on Amazon and somebody finds your book there, they can easily trust that source because they know that they'll get their book for sure. And they already have their credit on file. They have their shipping details on file. And it just makes your life easier without you having to be the middleman. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, they will go, they'll go to Amazon first. They'll search for Amazon on Amazon for everything. I know I do it. And that's another thing about the book industry is that you need reviews for um, every book and the more reviews you have on Amazon the higher your ranking is on Amazon but Amazon is only make only putting reviews unless you if you buy on Amazon on a regular basis then they'll post a review if you don't buy on Amazon then they won't post a review even if you've read the book Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is some good insight to know because some people don't really know these things, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a really not a a fair thing to do, but it makes Amazon, you know, the big, you know, always the big buyer. You know, you have to buy something on Amazon, so Amazon will always get its money. So. But there are ways around that too. So exactly, exactly. You know, I think some people would love to know more about your books. I know you have about nine books on Amazon. Is it possible yes, for I you? Do. To, yeah, tell us which one out of the nine was your favorite and why. Okay, so uh, uh, some of them are fiction because I really love writing fiction, and then a few of them 
are ghost-written or co-authored. But my favorite, it was 1776 Bed and Breakfast. And it was actually started first, but I kept putting it, I would write about 10 chapters, and then I would put it aside for a couple of years. And then I would pull it out again and write another 10 chapters. Of, well, rewrite the first 10 chapters because it wasn't working. And then I put it aside again. So it wasn't until I actually wrote 1776 Scroll of Secrets that I was inspired to actually go back and finish 1776 Bed and Breakfast. But I think it is my most well-written book. And I think it is, it was inspired because my parents had a house in Cape May, New Jersey. Um, we always spent every summer down there. And the house was built by my great-grandmother. And but, so it had two apartments on the main part of the house. And then it had a garage apartment and a little room under the garage apartment. And so my parents ran it like a bed and breakfast. So I got it inspired a lot from that experience of spending those summers down there. And so that is also why it's one of my favorites, but I also think it's the best that I've written, and even though it's my second book. Um, now, as far as the nonfiction goes, I probably like the cookbooks uh, because my, the person was, it, who is the author is a chef and she is dyslexic so she didn't have any way of writing and it was a way that God put us together her and me because I could write for her and then she could um, sell her recipes so I like I really liked doing those projects and learning the recipes and trying them out myself I haven't tried all of them but I've tried a few of them so because I'm really bad at cooking <laughs> <laughs> I can cook to eat uh, and stay healthy, but I can't cook if I was going to present anything to the queen or to the president that wouldn't work. So. <laughs> but you know, the good thing about what we know, we're all geniuses in our own right. You know, some people can't sit down and write nine books, you know. So right. it's that is that skill and that practice. So I appreciate that. And I know a lot of people are going to really help themselves by listening to you and just learning from you on how you know you can start one book not finish it finish the third one and come back to the first and complete it because of the insights and the experiences that you're growing with and you know that also leads now to my next point when it comes to content marketing strategies for 2023 when it comes to print marketing you know how can someone put their book out there and create content out of the chapters they've created for their book and let people know where to find it and how they're going to resonate with those topics okay well first the book itself it can be a print marketing tool uh, if you are not you don't care so much about selling it but you want to use it as like a giveaway on your website it, it doesn't have to be that long of a book to do that that is a way to provide a print marketing experience, especially for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, another, now going back to the chapters, if you're writing, it doesn't work so much for fiction. It, you can do it for fiction. What you would do is take um, a paragraph out of the chapter 
and then post it on your social media like Facebook or LinkedIn. Probably Facebook would work better for fiction. And just, you would have to put some kind of intro about explaining that paragraph and then sum it up and then you could um, put in the link. So it kind of works, but but for nonfiction it really works because each chapter would be a different topic. So you would, for example, I'm working on a book about back pain and back injury Mm. uh, for a client right now. And so each chapter, he has chapter five is all about pain remedies and they're not all prescription drugs so some is so he could take one of those pain remedies and write a whole blog about it or he could take uh, a, a sliver and put it on Facebook that you know this is a pain remedy that's in my book it's in chapter five and then put the link to the book uh, but it, and then I did, I also had a client who did IT, and so each chapter was about different ways of using information technology in the business. So he also could take a chapter and um, either write a blog about that chapter or take a sliver of the chapter and put a link to and say this is in chapter 10, chapter 5. Um, so it's a lot easier in nonfiction because each chapter should be its own topic. In fiction, the chapters go from one to the other, so it's a little bit more difficult, but you could probably take a a big scene like they do in movies, and actually this is something that does happen. It's called book trailers, where people, it's basically a movie trailer for a book. So so you can take a big scene, not necessarily the climax, because you don't want to give away the ending, but a big scene in your book and do a trailer about it or write about it in a blog or write about it on Facebook or um, LinkedIn or your other social media. So that is the easiest way to provide content that is generated from a book. Now you also want to have the press kit available for people that want to interview you. So a press kit can include a uh, press release. It includes an about the book and about the author. You usually want a picture of the book and the author and you can help by having interview questions so the journalist can get an idea of what to ask you about the book. So those are usually the four main pieces and then if you get a big review you want to put that in the press kit. Uh, if you have other um, interviews you want to put or links to podcasts or videos or the trailer, you can put all those in your press kit as well. So those are the ways of promoting your book with print. That, and it's still necessary to because, for example, radio stations and TV and newspapers, they still are using press releases first as their go-to uh, guide for what to write about. So you, you, it's not dead, even though people say it is, but it's not. So you still have to rely on both print and digital when you're marketing everything. So 
Wow. I love that you mentioned that you can literally repurpose it and give people like summaries, like how you reference chapter five so that people mm-hmm. can feel connected to the story. And it's like a movie. You know, when you go to watch a trailer and you remember that part, you don't remember where that part is when you watch the movie, but when you see it, you're like, aha, it's like you have right. a, a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you can do that with fiction too. Uh, not so much nonfiction. There are, usually when you're doing a video about nonfiction, it's usually an interview type of video. But when you're doing for fiction, you can usually do a trailer. So. True, 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 true. Wow, this is so impactful. I really appreciate it. You know, I wanted to also let people know, you know, maybe we can have a sidebar um, question. And then from there, I can let people know, like, what services you provide so that you can give them more insight in case they want to work with you. Um, but okay. I wanna, yeah, I would love to know what are your hobbies? <laughs> well, believe it or not, reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just love to read, so I read as often as I can. I also do yoga. Uh, I've been doing yoga since I was pregnant with my daughter. And I okay. go to the beach. Um, I live in St. Petersburg, Florida, so I can go to the beach uh, in the winter. Um, and I... Uh, and I like movies and I like the theater and I like music so those are kind of my hobbies and okay kind of boring <laughs> <laughs> okay nice nice I love that um, I would also want to ask you you know because of we've talked about print marketing we've talked about reading putting it on Amazon being intentional about where you're placing your content like on Ingram I think it's a whole lot for people to really chew on and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering you know what services do you provide to clients and maybe give an example of a client you've served so that they can have some context to relate when they're trying to sign up with you later okay so I really focus my business in three areas and the first is um, writing and editing press releases and distributing them the second is writing and editing blogs and and Um, uh, I can post it wherever they need posting. Um, The third is uh, the editing and writing um, coaching of manuscripts. And now, when I have a manuscript client, I have three different kinds of clients. I have the first one who has a manuscript and just needs me to polish it and, uh, and, and publish it up on Amazon and Ingram for him or her. The second client is the client that has an idea but doesn't know how to start and really needs a coach to go all the way through and to be accountable and, you know, to tell the person you have to write this many pages. And and then the third client is the one that I mentioned about my chef who can't write and they prefer me to just ghostwrite. And in that case, what I do is I interview them or on a weekly basis and and about a chapter and then I write that chapter and then we have a finished book after a a few months or so. Now as far as the specific services that I provide, I provide coaching and editing and I can also see what's missing even if it's uh, if it's a non-fiction book, I can see what topics are missing. Or if it's a fiction book, I can see things that are giant holes in the plot. 
and then I can help them uh, figure out how to fix those issues. And then, but so I will correct their grammar, I will correct their flow, because that actually is one of the biggest problems in writing a book, is it has to flow from start to finish, and if it doesn't flow, then people will put it down and not read it. So I correct their flow, and I correct their grammar, and I correct their um, um, word choice and that kind of thing, and then, but I also will um, design it into a book format and upload it on Amazon and I can also provide the Amazon marketing and I can provide the print marketing. So I always give my authors a press kit after I've finished editing their book, I do that too. And then, um, and, but for my small business clients who don't have a book, then I will just um, write a press release for them and, and send it out or I'll write a blog for them and post it on their website. Uh, so those are the kind of things that I provide. Okay, okay. I know anyone that looks for any of those options will find exactly that sweet spot and connect with you because those are the things that a lot of people need and I believe you can definitely bring it to their benefit so they can have a much better and seamless process which I know a lot of people are looking for and I know you will definitely be able to help them with that. Yes, and uh, I, can I give out my my website address? Yeah, yeah, please. How okay. can they contact you? So, okay, so you can contact me by phone 480-370-3945. You can contact me through on my website www.lastresearchandediting.com. And I also have my email address is louise at lastresearchandediting.com. So any of those three ways you can get in touch with me and I would be happy to help. And even if you and I do not make a good fit, I will still answer your questions and then I can, you can help you find somebody that is a good fit. So I will still help you even if it's not for my business. Oh, that's, so that's really, really that's important. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It, you know, it's the act of giving and the spirit of just making sure that, you know, even if I can't help you, I know someone who can. And that says a lot about the integrity and the business ethics that you have. So it keeps that professionalism up. And I know people will definitely love to connect with you on that base. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much, Louise, for being here and being part of today's discussion. You've definitely brought so much value to the show. And I know that people will definitely reach out to you and connect with you on levels that whenever they're ready, they know, OK, I know who I'm in contact. So you have definitely <laughs> brought that today and I appreciate that. Great. 